Good evening. I'm Andy Sandoval, and this is my testimony. So, I was born in a Christian family. I have a wonderful family, a wonderful father and mother who brought me up in a Christian home, and I went to a family church that my grandma owned. It was mostly in Spanish, so I didn't really learn much, but... It was not until when I went up to boys camp when I truly heard the gospel and I truly um, heard that Jesus Christ came for me because I was a sinner and died on the cross for my sins and that he was buried and rose again the third day. And I truly believed that and that's when I got saved uh, was at boys camp. And then, and then when I coming home from boys camp, I started taking a baptism class at my family church that my aunt taught me in English. <laughs> it was in English, so. Uh, we went over the book of Matthew and Jesus' life, and um, we went over how we could be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so after two and a half years of um, going over the book of Matthew, we, I got baptized at the age of 13. And, but still, I struggled with many uh, things. I struggled with anger. I got mad at my brothers a lot. And a little, I got struggled with loneliness, thinking that I was the only one that understands my pain sometimes. But a help that really helped, that really um, speaks to me, was Ephesians 2:14 that says, "For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation," which speaks to me in how. No matter where I am and what I'm feeling, he's always there for me, and he always gives me peace, and he is our comfort. And also, working up at camp last year and volunteering a couple weeks this year has also helped me realize that he is, um, he is my um, father and, that, and helped me grow closer to him. Hello, I am Ethan Sandoval. I was also born and raised in a Christian home. And when I was young, I got stuck into this routine of going to school and going to church, going to school on the weekdays. Saturday would be my free day because I have no school, and going to church on Sunday. And I hardly ever opened the Bible on my own time. Um, on Sundays, I went to the same church as Andy. So it was the songs and the preaching would be in Spanish, but then the class would be in English. So that was basically what, um, when I learned the most about our Lord. And uh, when I was 10, I went to uh, all boys camp at Verdugo Pines. And one night, my counselor was talking about the gospel that I am, a, that, and he was talking to our cabin that we are all sinners and that Christ died for us. And he was born, uh, he was raised uh, on the third day. And that was when I got saved because I truly believed that Jesus Christ was my Savior. And uh, even though I got saved, there's still many troubles and trials I went through in my life, uh, especially going through school. I went to public schools, and it was just a lot of bad influences all around me. And um, after I got saved, uh, after boys camp, I started going to more camps like teen and senior camp. And at camp, like, you just feel really alive up there. But going down the mountain and going back to school is just, it's very hard to just stay in the Word. And, um, but after getting saved, I started to read a little bit more of the Bible. Still very tough to, I still didn't read it as much as I should have. But um, I think uh, high school is when I 
sort of started reading it the most and going to Snipe helped me a lot just to uh, learn more about him, uh, our Lord and Savior. And um, I still got stuck into this routine during high school of just going through school and just, I started going to Snipe on Saturdays and going to church. Um, throughout, like during car rides and just at home, I'll have a lot of questions about the Bible and about the Lord, which I didn't really ask anyone. I usually kept stuff to myself, but many, God answered my questions in amazing ways. Like when I'm driving, when, um, when I'm getting dropped off at school, my mom listens to a Christian radio and a song would just answer a question I have in my mind. And when I'm out here, I like um, someone would stand up and say something that would answer a question that was on my mind, like right there. And it's just truly amazing how he works and different people to um, help us. Um, working up at camp last summer was a blessing. I got to learn a lot about the Lord and got closer to a lot of people. Uh, to my cousin TJ. We were, some nights we would just talk and just talk about how amazing our Lord was. And it was just really inspiring. And um, I still, even, even through all these times, we still go, and I still go through um, hard times. But when I go through hard times, I try to, I keep this verse in my head, and it's Proverbs 17:22, and it reads, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. And just Trying to stay happy all the time will just help you get through a lot of problems. And also, um, Philippians 4.13 says, uh, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So just keeping those two verses in my head really helps me get through a lot of uh, tough times. And yeah. Well, how am I going to follow up with that? Oh. <laughs> um, so same as my brothers, I too was raised in a Christian home. Um, and my parents, our parents, are the most wonderful Christians I've ever met. And growing up, yeah, we've always heard the message of Jesus, how uh, this great man came to this earth and died, but I never really understood that message until I was about 11 years old. Um, you know, from then, at the beginning, before I was 11, it was just, yeah, I go to church. You know, I went to church so I can get lunch after. You know, it was like church wasn't that amazing thing, and Jesus wasn't this amazing person to me. Um, when I was 11 years old, God really spoke to me and showed me this is the message of the cross, you know, that he loves me, me, loves me enough to come to this earth and die. And when he was buried and rose three days later and conquered death, that way me, we, me would have life again, and I would have life again in him. And so I was 11 when I realized that that true power message of the cross, and that's when I walked with, with Christ began. And... Um, after that, I started the baptism class with my brothers, and that was about a couple years we were in that class studying the book of Matthew. Throughout that time, I was kind of weird, and I actually wanted to learn Spanish, so um, even though the class was in English, I started to talk to my dad more and my grandparents more in Spanish. That way, I could listen to the songs and sermons um, while I was at church, and I learned more that way, too. Um, some of my favorite verses I learned in Spanish, and I had to go back and learn them in English. And um, so for years... Um, going to that church, learning Spanish, and just discovering how God can work even through the different languages. You know, I was learning that there's different, in the different translations for Spanish, different meanings for words. For example, the word for blessing, when Jesus says, um, you will be blessed, in Spanish it's bienaventurado, which means like 10 times blessed. It's super blessed, that's how my aunt put it. Um, so it was really neat how God could work that way, uh, for, for me to learn that way. And um, I developed a strong love for science. 
And that was always my strongest subject in school. I loved science and anything um, from physics to um, biology, but I especially love biology now. Uh, that was a challenge after I was saved because I was so excited and on fire for the Lord, like, wow, this God, this creator loves me, sent his son to die for me, but then I was challenged a lot by classmates and even teachers. How could you be a Christian and still you know, love science? And um, this was at the end of middle school. I was part of a program called International Baccalaureate, IB. Uh, it was for very prestigious students. And um, going to high school, it was even tougher because a lot of the friends that I made in middle school learned I was a Christian and how I was trying to offer this different paradigm of the, the Bible is truth and not listen to all the other stuff that I was learning in public school. I lost those friends. And uh, they, kept, they kept challenging me. And um, there's a passage in Matthew chapter 10. And I'd like to share. Um, Jesus is speaking in this passage, and he's talking about persecution, telling disciples and people listening to him that uh, we'll be persecuted uh, for following him. Now, I'll begin in verses 18. That's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it's not you who speak, the spirit of your father who speaks in you. And so going through high school and being challenged by different people about my, my passion for science and at the same time my passion for the Lord, um, I really stuck to this passage. That I have faith in God that he'll provide the answers to the questions. And when even I had questions, I would, I would seek them out in the Bible and get the answers I needed and then provide them with other people. Um, the last thought in the... In, in the Past fall in October, November, I was applying to colleges. It was something really on my mind. Like when I go to college, it's going to be even worse, especially at a public college. You know, the professors are going to denounce the name of the God of God in every way possible. And I was really discouraged about going to school at all um, because of this. But there was one school in particular that I took a liking to because they had a good program and it was a smaller public school, and I liked that setting of a smaller school. And this is Humboldt State University, and I was accepted to there. And I was even accepted into a specialized program for science majors. And to me, that was God's answer for, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be a science major, and you're still going to have a strong uh, connection with me, and I'll provide you with the strength you need to get through that. So I'm very excited to see how God will work with me in that way. Because my love for science has not faded. I, I absolutely love science in every way. At the same time, it's... It's difficult sometimes to offer the, the view of God in there, but it's absolutely possible to me and to a lot of other people. A science is not a way to disprove God, but merely study what he's done and affirm his existence. Um, so going to college in, in August, I'll be attending there, and um, I'm really holding on to this passage and the rest of the gospel and the power in that. And I'm really excited to see what the Lord can do. So thank you. Well, a couple things that we just... Uh witness, and that is how important it's going to be for us to continue to pray for our young people. Uh, being 35 years in public education, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and it, it, even the Christian teachers had the same issues, but the Lord is mighty. He's almighty. And so we need to pray for these young people. We need to pray for camp, and you can see the influence that camp has had in our young people's lives. Really important. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to show just a couple clips. The first clip we're going to show 
is of a young man who went through our, is in our Awana program, and uh, how that he came to salvation, and then he uh, wanted to follow the Lord in baptism, and uh, we're going to show that he's being baptized at a, a, a church, uh, it's up, what, what's the name of it again? Life, Life Bible Fellowship. So Ricky and I went there along with the, uh, the Owers, and it was, it was an exciting time. So we're going to see uh, Jack uh, Kurtek getting baptized, and then after that, we're going to show a, a clip, a couple, one or two clips of camp. Is that right, Sam? And then following that, I'll, I'll do a wrap-up. Boys camp has got a lot of things going for it. It's really a lot of fun, and uh, a lot of work went into it. Uh, but the, one of the comments that was made that up there that really kind of um, was driven home to all of us, and that is what other situation, what other venue do you have where you're with a person for 24-7, 24 hours a day, actually six days out of the week, where you can influence them? and pour God's word into them, and pray for them. And uh, there's, I mean, there's going to be many, many people in heaven who will look back and say, you know what, it was at camp where I learned that I was a sinner, and because I was a sinner, I deserved to spend the rest of eternity in hell, but that Christ came down from heaven lived a perfect life, and then died on a cruel Roman cross. And on that cross, God the Father took the sins, the punishment for all of our sins, put it on his son, and then treated his son as the worst sinner that ever lived. A holy one. The, the Lord never, it was none of his sin. He was perfect. But yet he took upon himself your sin and my sin, not just up to the time that we got saved, but all of our sins, to the last sin that we unfortunately commit before we breathe our last. He paid for all of our sins. And all we have to do, the Bible says, is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. There's nothing that we can do that can earn favor with God. Nothing. All we all he requires of us to do is to as many, for John 1, 12, to as many as believe on his name, to them he gives the right to become children of God. And so that's really important. But one of the things I wanted to speak on just for the next few minutes, and we'll probably might even end early tonight, and that is I was reading an article and it's one of those feel-good articles that there are very few of, where it took place in Branson, Missouri. And there was a, a waitress, and she worked at a Cracker Barrel. And uh, this couple that would come in on a regular basis kind of, you know, liked her as their waitress and uh, kind of befriended her and got in, just got to know her a little bit more and found out that she was very destitute. She had a special needs son. 
And uh, when they saw her car in the parking lot, they were absolutely floored because here was a car that looked like it had already been through the crusher <laughs> at the junkyard. It had, uh, she uh, explained to them that she had hit multiple deers, uh, deer, and uh, the side window was broken out, it was all taped up. The hood of the front hood of the car was held down with a cargo strap. I mean, it, they had a picture of it, it was incredible. Well, this couple thought, you know what? We gotta do something about this. And so they decided, they went out and they got the best used car that they could find. And they bought it. And they worked it out with a manager. And so on a really busy day, uh, she, the manager called her out to the parking lot and she thought, whoa, it's really busy. Why are you calling me out to the parking lot? I must have done something wrong. And of course, when she came out, there was the, the news, the local news, and the whole thing, and this couple handed her the keys to this really nice car. And she was so overwhelmed. But the thing was, that really struck me was what she identified or commented on these, these two people, this couple. She said that they are God-fearing people. And that really kind of goes along with what I want to talk about just for the next few minutes. The Bible tells us that we're to fear the Lord. What does it mean to be a God-fearing? In your own mind, do you think fear God? Now, I'm not saying being afraid of God. I'm talking about the Bible's definition of fearing the Lord. And we're going to go over a couple, well, quite a few verses. In fact, when, when it comes to understanding God's word, the best commentary on God's word is what? God's word. That's the best commentary. And so I'm going to just simply read you some verses. And I've done, I've done a study on this. And every time I come across that phrase, fear of God, I typed it up. And so I've got uh, a couple of pages that we're not going to get to tonight. I will uh, like to continue this uh, the next time I speak. But Proverbs 8.13, listen to this. The fear of God is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the fraudulent, perverse mouth. It is a reverential trust. One of the first verses that you learn in brigades, I don't know if it's still true in their new book, but when I was a leader in Boys Brigade, one of the first verses that the brigaders had to learn was Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we had kids from some really poor areas down in Pomona that were learning those verses. In fact, I, I heard one say that they would sit down at lunchtime with their unsaved friends, the friends that have no connection with the Bible or God or anything, and they would give them their Bible and say, can you check me? Because the brigades was that night, and they wanted to make sure that they had memorized that verse. And just, just tremendous. It says here, 
Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, it says, My son, now this is Solomon speaking. He says, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, and of course this is God speaking, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 10:27, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Proverbs 14:26, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. Proverbs, the next verse, the Lord, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 15, 16 says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Verse 33 of Proverbs 15 says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Psalm 111, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have they, have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Verse uh, Psalms 5, 7 says, In thy fear will I worship towards thy holy temple. And the reason why that verse kind of got to me is that was a statement by David. And he says, in thy fear will I worship towards thy holy temple. The temple hadn't been built yet. It wasn't built until his son Solomon built it. But he was talking about where the, where the Ark of the Covenant was at that time. Psalm 22, verse 23 says, Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, glorify him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Behold, <clears throat> the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon those who hope in his mercy. And so in Psalm 19, verse 9, it's really clear as to what the fear of the Lord is. It says, the fear of the Lord is clean, means it's uncontaminated, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. But the one that really got to me was Genesis 22, verse 12. And of course, we all know Genesis 22, right? Abraham, Isaac, going up the mountain. God had asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And yet he had told Abraham that it was through his son, Isaac, that all the nations would be blessed and that there, he would have many, many people through Isaac. And so Abraham we all know the story. He, he got the, the altar built. The son said, Dad, I mean, we got the wood, we got the fire, 
But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself, and he was. God did provide himself. He came down from heaven in the Lord Jesus and died on the cruel cross. But verse 12 says, this is God speaking to Abraham. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. So if you want to know what fearing God is, think about Abraham. What he was willing to do in obedience to God. He says, for now I know thou fearest God, saying thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. The question I have tonight is, do you fear God? To fear God means to hate to hate evil, to hate anything that would displease him. I, I can remember how that I wanted to obey my, my dad, my mom, and I didn't do it because I was afraid of my dad. Many of you know my, knew my dad, one of the most loving people I've ever known. And I would do anything for him. But the one thing I did not want to do was to do something that would offend him, that would hurt him. Because I, I had a fear of displeasing him. Do we have that same fear towards God? Are we living a life in such a way that we want to please God? It says, happy is the man that fears always. Isn't that, it seems like that's a, like an imbalance. Happy is the man that fears always. We, fears um, always. We think that they're opposite. No, to be truly happy means that you fear, the, you fear God. And you receive his commandments. His commandments is what? That he sent his son to die for us. And that we receive him by faith. I mean, I've never seen God. I've never seen Christ. But I do know what the Bible tells us. And the Bible tells us that for God so loved the world, that's me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then, finally, Malachi 3.16. It says, then they that feared the Lord, what did they do? Those that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? They spoke often one to another. They just say, hey, how'd you like that baseball game? No, that's, that's not the conversation that's referring to here. It's talking about when we talk to one another about the love of God. When we talk to one another about how great God is, 
God has a book. He's got several books, but this one is called a book of remembrance. And he records every time we talk to someone about the Lord. It's a book of remembrance. God remembers when we talk about him to one another. And so the question that I have tonight for myself first and then for you is that do you fear the Lord? In other words, do you hate evil as much as God hates evil? Have you obeyed his commandments? The Bible says his commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. The question is tonight, I don't know everybody's heart here, but I do know one thing, that God, the number one thing that God wants is for us to come to that point in our lives when we admit that we've sinned and that because of that sin, we deserve to spend the rest of eternity separated from him. But he has made the way. He is, he's paid the price. He, he's, he's bought the ticket for us. It's a free gift. We don't have to do anything. A gift is a gift. It means you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just simply... What? You receive a gift, and that's what he requires of us. Number one is to receive the gift of eternal life, which is a person, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word gives us so many promises to those that fear God. Oh, Father, I pray tonight that... We're so thankful to hear the testimony of these young men that there was a time in their life when they realized that they had offended a righteous and a holy God and they needed to have those sins paid for and that they realized that Christ paid for them, that he died, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. We're so thankful that they received Christ and for the testimony of the baptism, our young friend Jack, and, and how he realized that to obey God, he needed to publicly declare that he had received Christ as his Savior through baptism. Father, we thank you for the testimonies tonight. We just ask, Father, that if there's anyone here tonight, Father, that has not come to that point where they've admitted that they're a sinner and that they, they realize that Christ died in their place as their substitute on the cross. And to have that, to receive that gift of eternal life is simply to believe that Christ shed his blood. And it's that blood and that blood alone that paid for their sins. Oh, Father, may it be so tonight. Thank you so much for the testimony of these young men. And thank you so much for camp. We, we pray for this week for junior camp, for the counselors and for the, the staff and for the, um, for the speaker, manager, for John and Catherine. 
and TJ and Carrie and all those that are working so hard up there. We commend them to you, Father, and we commend ourselves to you in your son's name. Amen.